Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Well, you know, we got to get better security here. <laughs> they just let anybody into this place. Door opens, and uh, who walks in? But this guy with a beard. <laughs> and a ball cap on. And a ball cap on. The city is security enough when you're driving a bus. Don't worry about it. <laughs> the funny thing is I, I put the word out. I said, you all will not know it's Charlie Daniels. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got my traveling clothes on. Uh, you do? And yeah. you notice all the cowboy hats? All the girls yeah, wore cowboy cool. hats. Yeah, I know, did, and I wore a baseball did, did you get a look at, uh, at Paula? I, I don't, Paula, come on in here for a second. And we've got our producer Rebecca. She's all because we want a picture. Rebecca, with you come on in here for a second. Take a picture with me, but I'm I'm dressed in. I'm going to. I got to go to Dallas, Texas. <laughs> well, we wanted to do our urban cowgirl thing. I would you. love it. I yes. would love it. See, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> how are you? I'm fine forever. I Charlie, I don't know if you remember. Paula used to be our producer uh-huh. years ago, and now uh-huh. she's our our newswoman. Well, yeah. and then here's uh, Rebecca, who is our uh, our new producer. <laughs> how are you? Good to see you. Now, Rebecca well, worked down in Nashville for the record label that you did your gospel album Oh, yeah, we were just talking on. about that on the way in. Isn't she, that uh, Sparrow, Sparrow record yeah. label, yeah. And she Good said people. she probably had ice cream with you one time. I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> Most of the people in the civilized world had had ice cream with me at one time or another. <laughs> well, that's sure not a bad thing. Oh, it's so you. great to see you, folks. My Thank goodness. you You look much. terrific. You Thank do. you for fitting us in. I, I know it's been a, a busy night for you, uh, and I know uh, you were nice enough to... You spent some time earlier tonight with our friend Max Armstrong. We too, sure did. What a nice guy. We did yeah. uh, We did a, a farm report uh, mm-hmm. thing yeah. that he was doing. He was telling me the, that he did the farm report, I think, early in the morning. Yeah. Was, right. yeah. Right. Nice guy. Enjoyed yeah. talking to him. Yeah. Got a real heart for the farmers of this country, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he's a young guy, too. And it yeah. really surprises people. They say, yeah. you mean you're young guys that are interested in farming? Yeah. yeah. Everybody's a young guy to me. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, I was one of the kid, one of the kids that works for me tonight, and I was talking to him. And uh, we got a we got a merchandise guy that came with us. Got those t-shirts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, he's going to be 21 tomorrow. And I said, oh. Well, Jimmy, that was about uh, how you were when you came with us, wasn't it? And he <laughs> said, No, I was 18. You know, and he's like, Golly, he's in his 40s now. You know, time yeah. goes by such a hurry oh, when you're having fun. Right. right. I, and I got to say, uh, and I'm not saying this just because you're in the studio with us. I've, I've been listening to your new album. Oh, by the way, the new album just came out uh, Tuesday was the yes, official release yeah. day. Mm-hmm. And you sound like you're having so much fun. Oh, I mean, there's some serious stuff on the album, but you sound like you're having just a I good time. I am having a ball. I just thank God I can make a living doing something I enjoy. So Amen. Yeah. Really we say that every night, yeah. Charlie. Yeah. I mean, really? isn't, it, isn't it great yeah. to, to get up and say, hey, I'm going to work? Yep. Yeah. You know, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm excited I'm going to work. We a, always say the hardest part about our job is getting here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. i got to send you a, a picture of my new guitar. I had one. I had a commemorative, commemorative Gibson guitar made for the, for 9/11. Really? And it's uh, it's made like a flag. Oh, it's wow. got a picture of my flag, and it says uh, "Never forget 9/11." Oh, all well, right. Here's a little uh, something I found for you. Oh, Not knowing, I found a little guitar. That looks like my guitar. It's an American flag. <laughs> I thank you so very much. Isn't that the funniest thing? I think last time I talked to you was New Year's Eve. It, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we Are we going to do that again this year? Yeah. Well, we better. You know where I'll be this year? Where are you going to be? I will be in. Uh, oh yeah, okay. I will be in uh, in Tempe, Arizona, where they're playing the national championship college football game. Mm-hmm. Okay. But what I'm hoping is that my team's going to be there, Tennessee Balls. 
Yeah. But we'll be there regardless. But I'm, I'm hoping to hoping to see Tennessee Vols there. I don't All know. right. Well, I think uh, one of the oddest New Year's Eves we spent with you, you had a private gig mm-hmm. in Texas. No, it was, what? well, yeah, it was right close to Texas. It was actually in New Mexico, Mexico Rio Dosa, yeah. New Mexico. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's an odd thing. There was a guy out there, who he was, he's pretty well healed, needless to say, but he had a party for him and about 300 of his closest friends in a museum out there, and he hired us. We went all the way from Tennessee, and he hired another band, you know, to come out and mm-hmm. and and to play, you know, just play music till for these people. I don't know how much champagne he bought and food he bought <laughs> and all this stuff. I don't know what he spent on the thing, but you know, he sure had a merry or happy New Year's <laughs> yeah. Eve. I'll say that for him. Yeah. Wow. I remember saying. Hmm, when I make it, wink, wink, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get Charlie Daniels to play my part. Oh, gosh, bless your heart. We can come play for you, too. You, you know something? I was thinking on the way in tonight, and, and as you as y'all know, I travel all the time. Oh, I go yeah. to all the cities and all the different places. There's a special kind of energy about this city, and and you just feel it when you when you come in. It's This is... It's a different sort of big city than any other big city in the country. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I know y'all travel a lot, too, and you know what I'm talking about. But there's neighborhoods. Everywhere you go, yeah. there's neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And it's just there's just, a, there's just a real hardcore energy that I feel when I come into this city. Yeah. There's something real special about it. Yeah, I yeah. agree. It, it's kind of like the, the best of... Of both worlds, uh, oh, yeah. the, the best of the big city and the best of uh, of some country too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it doesn't take you very long to get out, you know, to the the yeah. country here. My wife has was always saying, if I had lived in a big city, it would be Chicago. Huh. But she says you can drive out the edge of town and look and see. We were seeing. She said you can't see corn growing in New York like that. <laughs> <laughs> it was a cornfield today there close to where yeah, we were. Yeah, that's right. But really, it's it's very unique, very mm-hmm. unique for a city of this size. Well, and I was here the day that they announced that Los Angeles was the biggest. Second largest city in the country. I remember mm-hmm. that. I remember mm-hmm. that uh, Floyd Calber, I think it was, or somebody yeah. mm-hmm. announced it. We were mm-hmm. just happened to be in town, and it was on the census. It just came out, and they were, and they did that. But I tell you what, it may be a little smaller in Los Angeles, but it's got a lot more going for it as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> well, you've been Second. hanging out in the Midwest because last Thursday night you did the the, the fair in Fonda, Lake, yeah, Wisconsin. Uh-huh. You then were you, out in Valparaiso. Yeah, Valparaiso. Yeah. Somewhere else out here. I can't. They all start running together. Goshen, Indiana. I'm old. Don't hold it against me. <laughs> Indiana. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of our uh, one of our helpers, uh, we call him Popcorn Eddie B. He's one of our offsite producers. Uh, he's been stalking you. He's been to all of those concerts. Really? He's been following you around. Well, he should have come up and said hello. Oh, he's so funny. In fact, I've got a CD tonight. He said, do you think you could get Charlie to sign it after seeing him four times in five days? I haven't <laughs> been able to I get it signed. I'd love to sign it. Well, um, two, I guess it was two years ago, you were here and you did the Sandwich Fair, which is a uh-huh. wonderful fair. That's uh-huh. a September fair. <clears throat> And I've got a picture over here because you made the front page of the Beacon News the next day you did the Sandwich Fair. And ironically, we saved the picture because we just thought it was the best picture. This is an album cover picture. So I framed it for you, and it is such a good picture of you playing fiddle. I'm doing Orange Blossom Special. And you're holding it up over your head. Yeah, Yeah. that's Orange Blossom Special. That's when the bow hairs fly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And that was on the front page of the paper, so I, 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 I couldn't believe it. I walked back into our... Messy, messy office. That's for you. Oh, for me. Yeah. Thank you. Bless and your heart. There, I found the paper from two years ago. It just tells you how messy our office is. <laughs> you ought to see mine. You know, you know something. I cannot. When I get, I, of course, I'm on the bus so much this time of the year. Yeah. But I got, got my computers. I can use my cell phone on my computer and all. I answer my email and do my autographs and stuff there. And I get up and my, I go I, about every two weeks. I say my desk is a horrible mess, and I'll clean it up and I'll start mm-hmm. putting stuff up. I get everything off of it. Two days later. 
you can't even tell the color of the top of mm-hmm. these. And I can't help it. I literally cannot yeah. help it. I'll say, well, I, I don't want to put this in the drawer because I forget about it. So I lay this over here, and I, well, I can't, you know, i got to answer this. And, I, and I'm laying stuff, and first thing you know, I don't, I don't know where anything is. <laughs> I don't know what anything is. You know, I'm just in I'm just in a tither and I do the same thing. I clean it all up again and then two days later same thing. Now is Hazel the neat nick in your family? Hazel is, is a very neat sort of person. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean she's she like um, if I get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, Hazel makes a bed up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, opposites attract. That's well, sure. no, no, she, she, she's absolutely the the light of my life. You guys and have been the, married how long? Uh, thirty-eight, going on thirty-eight years. Wow, wow, something. I was just a child, you know. When yeah, I was a child. <laughs> no, she was. I wasn't. But uh, yeah, gosh, we have, we have had the most. We are having the most wonderful life together. I mean, it just every day's an adventure. Every day, you know. I, I literally, I'll tell you, at, at the at the risk of sounding mushy. I literally enjoy getting up. If, if if Hazel gets up in the morning before I do, I literally enjoy getting out of bed just to go in whatever room she's in. Hmm. And my favorite time of night is when I get off stage and come back and get on the bus and she's there waiting on me. Oh, it's just oh, a great way to live. That's so that's neat, terrific. too, that she travels with you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. A, she should have come up to... Uh to what? say hello, we, we never met. Well, you know, I thought about that, but we got our godchild with us tonight, Aww. and he would be in the long history of this radio station. Nothing has ever disrupted it, but I think you could probably do it. <laughs> That's fine. This is this is a kid-friendly studio. Oh, I'm sure I mean, they, they allow us in here. So <laughs> we're talking with Charlie Daniels. Go to his website, charliedaniels.com. Right. And the new album is Redneck Fiddling Man, mm-hmm. and there's a real special Charlie Daniels package with Redneck Fiddling Man, the Bobbin Head. The Bobbin. I always call those bobbleheads, you yes. know, because they did them yep. you know, sports people. I always hear them called bobbleheads. Now we get company. one that's a bobbin head. <laughs> oh, it's another company. It's a different oh, company. Forgive and, me. I didn't and know. it was funny because I said to your people, now bobbins are what we use when we sew. Uh-huh. She says, no, it's B-O-B apostrophe N, not B-O-B-I-N, as in a oh. bobbin in a sewing machine. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the same concept, and it will make you grin when you see Charlie Daniels as a bobbin head doll. Well, it looks like my neck's broke. I think just bounces around. <laughs> <laughs> I said you have truly made it when you become a bobbin head doll. <laughs> we've had a lot of fun with that thing. You know, we've, uh, uh, our fan club president is a, just a ball of fire a lady named ginger ambrose and she she's the one putting the museum together she's the one that yeah. comes up with all these ideas and she's <laughs> always coming up with something and i had never thought about being a, a bobbin head until she brought it up she said you know what do you think i said you know go for it so we've, we've had a lot of success with them people seem to enjoy them we so much so that we're going to do we did, we did a christmas album i've always wanted to do White Christmas and blue Christmas and green yeah. Christmas and yellow Christmas yeah. and I'll be home for Christmas and all of those old songs that we have all been used to all our lives. And I finally did an act called Merry Christmas to All, and we just finished it not long ago. So we're going to do a Santa Claus. I'm dressed up in a Santa Claus suit on the on the cover, and the guys have elf hat elf elf hats. On. And we went out to the Gibson Guitar Factory. In fact, the one where they make the acoustic mm-hmm. guitars at the in, in Opera, Opera Montana? Mills. Yeah. Oh, at the Opera There's, Mills. Well, oh. the, the custom yeah. shop, the electric guitars are made in a different place. But out at mm-hmm. Opera Mills, they have a... Actually, you can go watch them make guitars there. So we went out there, and all the guys are holding the neck of a guitar, a mandolin, or this, like we're putting it all together. But So we're going to do a, a Santa Claus bobbin head. Oh, oh, that's cute. That's a stretch that's for fun. you, Charlie. <laughs> well, you know something... 
Oddly enough, when Hazel puts all this white stuff on my beard yeah. and I get that cap and stuff on, I mean, I'm kind of built for it. Let's face well, it. I, I was going to say it's the rosy red cheeks, you know. <laughs> well, I think, I, I think that plus uh, all, all this poundage that you that I have. You know. well, well, then I have to ask the controversial question. Do you sleep with a beard in or out? I never thought about it, you know. I mean, I, uh, my, of course, my beard's not real long. I mean, I guess people that have the, the ZZ Top type beards yeah. have to decide whether they want them in or out. But I have never, I never thought about that. Whichever way, whichever way it feels best. If it's cold, I'll probably sleep in. If it's hot, I sleep out. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at an email here from Steve Ellis, who's probably yeah. on the way home from the Peter Paul and Mary concert mm-hmm. with, with his family, and he says he wanted to be sure that we let you know that your Christmas story means so much to him and his family every year because we play uh-huh, the yeah, Christmas story yeah. that you recorded for us. He said our family listens several times each year as he tells of Grandma and the kids and Cousin Buford. And he uh, has he ever thought of doing a CD as a storyteller? It would be a huge seller. So he says, You ought Thanks. to do that. Well, I, I may do that one of these days. I, I have, have kind of flirted with doing some spoken word mm-hmm. things, you know, but I haven't have really got actually involved in it yet but there's a there's a possibility i may i may do that one of these days and i want to thank you for for bringing that up because that story though it is not autobiographical there are a lot of, of little catches yeah. of autobiographical stuff about how i think about christmas and the and the the way that we celebrated christmas when i was a kid and the way that we still celebrated at my house you know mm-hmm. and uh so it's a special special thing for me too and i appreciate him saying that i'm glad to know somebody likes that yeah, well, story. We, well, well, i gotta tell it. you there are two things that have become christmas tradition at this radio station one is your christmas story uh-huh. the other is we have to play uh, my christmas love song Oh, yeah. you like that? Oh, yeah. yeah. I wrote that for Hazel. I, mm-hmm. I had the the honor of taking it home and playing it for her the first time she heard it. I said, listen to this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, whatever you want for supper for the next three months. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fry the catfish. Oh, <laughs> guitars? You want guitars? Honey, go yeah. ahead. Buy them. <laughs> well, you know, she gave, I got, this will interest you because you're into guitars, mm-hmm. uh, Steve, but... Uh, as you know, uh, the old 59 Gibson Les Pauls were yeah. a classic, classic guitar. Yeah. And uh, I used to have one, and I'd gotten rid of it over the, over the years. And I got to looking, and they're building a reproduction. And I never had much faith in reproductions, but mm-hmm. I thought, you know, it looks so real. I said, I'm going to try this. And uh, Hazel gave me one. She found out one one, gave me one for Christmas. And this thing is absolutely incredible. It's like really? an old, it's like an old 59 uh, Les Paul. It looks the same. It plays the same. It basically sounds the same. No kidding. And I have ordered, you know, some different. I've got, I think, four of them now, or something like that, that I've, you know, wow. getting and putting together because I can't have one. I got to have one for the bus and one for the home. One <laughs> See, <for> the home. <laughs> really, hey, oh, no. hey, you know something? They're a good investment too. Really, they yep. are. And I, this guitar will, will, I think, be a classic. I figured out. You know what happened that made guitars so expensive? The the classic guitars. Mm. You know, years ago, Fender and Gibson made, in my opinion, the two best electric guitars yep. that anybody ever made. Yep. Well, you know, uh, Fender I think sold a CBS or something like that, and Gibson sold out, and they started making less than desirable mm-hmm. guitars. But uh, the old ones were still good. The new ones were not up to par with the old ones, so the old ones kept going up in price Mm -hmm. until they've got to the point that now they're way, way overpriced. Mm -hmm. But now both companies have evidently bought their holdings back and both making tremendous guitars again. Uh, Gibson is, I I run stuff through the the custom shop in, in 
in Nashville with Gibson, and it's just, I mean, it's just amazing what they can do with something. Yeah. And, and we're sitting here talking about guitars. I bet there's nobody out there that cares. Oh, no. about You don't, in, in fact... We should uh, invite, if I can con you into doing something in about, probably in about six months, semi-annually, we do a collectible guitar night. Uh-huh. And we have people on, and we just talk about collectible guitars, uh-huh. and we could get you on the, on the phone some night to talk well, about that, Well, I'll tell you what, I'll be glad to do it. You know who to get a hold of. Just let me know. I'll sure. talk collectible. Co- co- no, I can't even say yeah. it. <laughs> I talk about it. Yeah. Collectible guitars. And yeah. the funny thing is, when we started doing the shows, we said, oh, we'll do about a half hour. Well, three hours later, we're telling people, you got to wait six months. We'll do this again. The phone yeah. lines. So there was that kind of reaction. In fact, Charlie, uh, got to tell you a quick story. Absolutely true story. We had a call from a woman. Her son, unfortunately, was killed in the Vietnam War. She had left his room completely untouched. She goes into his room. Under his bed is an old Fender guitar. He had bought it about a week before he went into the service. Tags are still hanging on yeah. it. He slides it under the bed. Wow. To cut to the chase, we put her in touch with a, a friend of ours, uh, Terry from the Guitar Works up in Evanston. A bidding war started. It was a uh, 56 Fender Strat. She wound up selling mm-hmm. it for $40,000. In cherry condition. Oh, yeah. yeah. The yeah. tags were on it. Yeah. And uh, $40,000, and when she called us with tears in her voice, she said, my boy would have wanted me to sell it at oh, this point. Yeah. And yeah, it just, definitely. it was a, one of those, inc- I get goosebumps when I tell the story because she was at a point in her life where she needed the money, and it's like he answered her prayers after what a, all what these a, years. What a great story. And she was listening know? at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and she hears Steve raving about guitars doing this and that and me teasing him and she pulled it out from under the bed and called and said do you think this is worth anything steve said do not talk to anyone else <laughs> yeah i'm so glad she got a hold of you instead of somebody who would try to yeah. take advantage of her a couple hundred bucks yeah here, I yeah that was my first thought you know? yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, what, what, a, what a good good thing she got a hold of you and bless you for guiding her in the right direction i i told you the story about the guitar i lost for 30 years didn't yeah I? I think it I came did, yeah. back yeah. to you yeah. it came back to me yeah Isn't absolutely yeah what? it's in my museum now down in Nashville. I, I still think there's a song in that story. Yeah. <laughs> How I Miss My Old Guitar These Last 30 Years. Charlie Daniels with us in the studio. The new album is Redneck Fiddlin' Man. Check out the website, charliedaniels.com. You'll find him probably coming to your town if he hasn't already come through. Understood when the honky tonks are jumping and the girls are looking good. Yeah, I get excited and some people think I'm rude. It's the way my daddy raised me, it's my rebel attitude. I'm a southern boy, southern born and brave. I got sweet home Alabama buzzing all around in my head. I'm right at home in Georgia, down in Carolina. Yeah, I'd be happy anywhere, but love you, Mason Dixon line. I'm working and I'm sweating till I hear that whistle blow. Country rocker cooking on my pickup radio. I rush home for a shower and put on my dancing shoes. I get the Friday fever and the Sunday morning blues. And I'm a southern boy. I like a rowdy crowd. We're both feet for so many jukebox to turn this other way up loud. Don't need a reservation. We're just having fun. Yeah, it's party time in Dixie. Y'all just come on down and get you some. 
Hill, Pocket Bowling Green, Lafayette, Somerset, Boone, the Rocky Mountain. If you don't live in Dixie, then you're only camping out and I'm a southern boy. I say my sirs and ma'ams. I'm kind of rough around the edges, but I'm mighty proud of who I am. Yeah, roll on, Mississippi. Rock on, Tennessee. If it was good enough for Elvis, you know it's good enough for me. I said if it was good enough for Elvis, you know it's good enough for me. Well, if the king was crazy about it, then you know it's good enough for me. Yeah. That's Put southern. your hand on the radio. Say amen. <laughs> that's, that's Southern uh, Boy. That's from Redneck Fiddlin' Man. That's the new Charlie Daniels album. And uh, you have this new kid uh, singing with you yeah, on that this, one? Yeah, this uh, kind of homely-looking kid called Travis Tripp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, what happened was, Dave, we, uh, Travis, before he did his last album, I wanted to get together and write some stuff. We're old friends. We've mm -hmm. been, I've been knowing Travis since back in the country club days, we toured together a lot and loved each other. I mean, he's really a true friend. And uh, he wanted to write some songs for his album. So we went in and we did. We wrote four. We, it was a, just a... We'd never written together in all the years we'd known each other. It was just like... Not like falling off a log. It was hard work. But the, the two of us together. Some people I can write with. Some people I can't. Yeah. Travis is one of the people that we just... Our, I mean, we had the same idea sometimes. So we wrote four songs. And he put two of them on his album. And this was one of the ones that he didn't use. And I got uh, listening to it. And I thought, I think I'll... I think I'll put that yeah. on my album. By <laughs> I'm a Southern boy too, you know. So. That's and funny. he was kind enough to come out and, and sing on it with me. You know, this is a kid. Since we're talking about Travis, and of course he's a dear friend of mine, and maybe I am blowing his horn a little bit, but I, I want to tell you this: this is to me is one of the kids that could be around for a long, long time. I'm 65 years old, and I'm still doing what I want to do for mm -hmm. a living. And I think Travis could do the same thing. I think he could be around because mm -hmm. he's got that kind of talent. Well, and I get the feeling that the both of you are not in it just to be eight by ten glossies no. uh, for this season. You're in it because you love the music. Oh yeah. Well, one of my big ambitions when I started playing, when I started playing professional, was longevity. Mm -hmm. It was one of the things that I wanted, you know, because I just, I am still, I was standing on stage and I was looking and we're outdoors and the, I don't know if you've noticed, the moon is full. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And, it, and I've never seen it more beautiful than, yeah. than it's been yep. the last few nights. And we just happened to be on the road at the time it was coming up. And I was standing on stage and I looked off over and right above where the grandstand was and the moon was coming up. And we had all these people out front and we were having fun and they were having fun. And I thought the weather was beautiful. It was nice and cool. And, you know, we were just, just one of those nice it just don't get much better than this mm -hmm. you know, how, how could i i told the people when we finished i said you know i want to thank you because you, you're you're helping us live our dream what we mm -hmm. want to do is entertain people mm -hmm. like you and i cannot imagine my life without that yeah i dearly love it i mean i am just literally addicted to it when, when, I, when was your pr first professional gig? The first time you did a gig and they said, Charlie Daniels, here's a paycheck for that. <laughs> well, the first, I guess this is funny. First money I ever made playing music was uh, the guy that taught me to play a guy named Russell Palmer. I may have told you all this. I don't know. I've told it so many times. But it was a kid that taught me my first few guitar chords. And him and me used to play together all the time. And mm -hmm. I started playing fiddle. Anyway, we were sitting down at his daddy's service station one night in Gulf, North Carolina. <laughs> and we were sitting. He had a guitar and I had a fiddle. And we were just hoping somebody asked us to play. So this car pulled up. And these <laughs> people got out to get some gas or something. And it was just two guys and these two ladies. And they said, play us something. And Russell said, why in the world he ever said it? I don't know. He said, have you got any money? 
<laughs> and this lady reached down her purse and came up with four dimes. She gave me 20 cents and him 20 cents, and we played some songs for him. You got any money? You got any money, yeah. I mean, we, we made 20. My first gig paid me 20 cents. <laughs> I think my next one paid me two bucks. But when I first started to work, uh, actually, full-time without playing, you know, I played weekends. I played mm-hmm. square dances and uh-huh. things like that. But the first regular job I ever had was in Jacksonville, North Carolina, where the 2nd Marine Division is, is, uh, is, is located. And it was one of the few places that had a big enough club kind tail. North Carolina uh, at that time didn't have open bars. They had little three-two beer bars, you know, and, mm-hmm. and there, there was just not enough clientele to really do a six nights a week except for a place like Jacksonville where all the Marines were. Mm-hmm. And so we played up there. We used to drive back and forth uh, 50 miles, uh, 100 miles round trip, and I made $50 a week oh my for the first, mm-hmm. the first time. That, wow. you know, of course, now we're talking a long time ago, too, so that was not near as bad as it sounds like it is now. Yeah. But uh, then I think I made 75 or something like that uh-huh. uh, later on. And, you know, we just kind of kind of keep on keeping on. And uh, Well, fast forward for us. How did you go from playing those little gigs to being uh, a, a guy at the same recording session with a Bob Dylan? <laughs> uh, 1959, uh, I went to... California for the first time. We had a guy that had, had done some work with us, and he wanted to book us in California. So I said, fine. So we drove out there. I had met a friend. Uh, his name was Bill Belcher when he was in the Marine Corps in, in Jacksonville. And he was. He, we got to be good friends, and he was living in Fort Worth, Texas. So we went through Fort Worth to see him. And he had a friend by the name of, he was going by the name of Don Johnston at the time, who turned out to be Bob Johnston, who turned out to be a a, a huge producer in Nashville. Mm-hmm. But at that time, he was doing some stuff locally. He was working at Bell Helicopter. And he said, would you guys got like guys like to go in the studio and record something? And we said, well, sure. What are we going to record? We'll, we'll write something. So we wrote this instrumental called Jaguar and went in and recorded it. And mm-hmm. it was on, we've had it released on the Epic record label. Uh, and that was 1959. And Bob moved to Nashville in, uh, gosh, I think about 66. Mm-hmm. And he called me and said, would you like to come down, you know, and write with me and see what you can get going? Because I was just still beating it out in the beer joints. And I went down and... Uh, the Bob Dylan sessions came about that he was he was recording Bob and had done several albums with him, but he was a guy that brought Bob Dylan to Nashville, mm-hmm. and I told uh, Bob was coming to town to record uh, some songs and and or record an album which turned out to be Nashville Skyline. Mm-hmm. And I asked him if I could could play on one session and it worked out well and and I did I played on all the whole album. Didn't and, Dylan request you to come? Well, back? he did. You know what happened was I was. I was I was working a club in Nashville and and I was packing up at the end of the first session, and Bob Dylan asked Bob Johnson. He said, "Where's he going?" He said, "He's leaving." I got another guitar player coming in. He said, "I want another guitar player. I want him." Mm-hmm. Well, the reason for that was is I was so hungry at the time. I mean, I was just I was into everything. And of course, I was in all of them, man. I still mm-hmm. am. I don't think anybody uses the English language any better than he does. But uh, I was so. Hanging on everything that he did, every note he played on his guitar, and every every word that he said, I was trying to interpret it the mm-hmm. very best I could. And I think the enthusiasm probably was—it was not the musicianship for sure. I think it was enthusiasm probably that that, that rubbed off, you know. And, and, but that's that was such a big thing for me. Oh yeah. When did you know that that this was? was going to be your your career because y- you had to know kind of early on that that you had a kind of a gift for it in fact uh we loved when you were on uh cmt with kt oslin and you did the first song you ever wrote yeah you know i'm surprised i can still remember that in fact i probably should forget that- it it's pretty bad <laughs> but uh i i uh i had a desire 
to be an entertainer. Even back before I ever knew anything about playing or, or anything. I mean, I, I just I used to go see shows, and I'd see people and dressed up in these costumes and they're on stage in front of a microphone, and I just fantasized about being there. Mm-hmm. And I had no wherewithal whatsoever to, to get to that. You know, and of course it was a long, long trail. But I think I think it starts with a seed and a desire. That's one of the things that that success and happiness. And I think being happy is a, is a conscious decision. Uh, I think anything positive is a conscious decision. You got to decide. I really want to do that. Mm-hmm. And you decide. You know, you don't decide you want to do something because it's glamorous or just because you're going to make a lot of money at it or for any other reason that. Yeah. I want to spend my life doing that. Something my dad was tickled to death to go around, you know, looking at pine trees all his life. He loved the timber business, mm-hmm. and he was he thought the same way about it that I did, you know, do playing music. Uh, other people want to spend their life, you know, farming or or talking over mm-hmm. microphones like sure. you folks get so much of your charge out of being on the radio. Uh, me, it's you know, it's playing music, and I think you have to have that desire, that burning desire, that you want it. A little bit more than most of the people that are going to they're going to try it are going to that you've got to you know how bad do you want it if you don't want it bad enough don't start out but if you want it bad enough you want to go for it and you know get out there and get after it well as I as I said at the outset you, you sure look like you're enjoying yourself oh, yeah. having a good time I'm gonna get serious with you for okay. for just a second then we got to take a break sure. uh, you look really good. Mm-hmm. How's your health? My health is wonderful. Uh, well, I had the prostate cancer last year. I had uh, had it taken out. I had the mm-hmm. uh, radical prostatectomy rectomy or something. I don't know what to call it. I can't say it. But anyway, I had the, the whole prostate removed because it was recommended by both of the doctors that I mm-hmm. went to. And what it, I, I can, cannot impress this on anybody enough. For years, I went and had my PSA levels checked. And I tended to have an elevated PSA uh, level, which is how they detect uh, prostate cancer. But have your PSA levels checked, and if it gets high, let the doctor do a biopsy. It's no big deal. It's no mm-hmm. big deal whatsoever. What the big deal is, if you're if you have prostate cancer and it is contained in your prostate, when they it's a hundred percent curable, they take it out. It's all over. You know, they sew you up, you go home and heal up for six weeks or so, and you're, you know, you're back at it again. But if you wait, if you don't keep on top of that, and you wait, and you do get it, and it gets into the lymph nodes, and it moves on outside the prostate, you're in big trouble. So every time, it, you know, people, uh, well, my age, they say, they say people over 50. I say people over 40 mm-hmm. should have uh, their PSA checked. When you go in for your, for your, uh, you know, your checkup, they're going to pull some blood anyway to do cholesterol mm-hmm. and everything. So just tell me what your PSA level's checked. And if it gets elevated, you know, and the doctor thinks it's necessary, there's a very simple way, and it's a very painless way to do uh, a biopsy and find out if, if you do. And thank God they found this in in, yeah. uh, in a biopsy that we did, and my doctor said, you know, let's take it out. And I said, yeah. well, you know, let's do it. All right. Charlie Daniels, Redneck Fiddlin' Man is the latest album. Check them out on the internet. Won't somebody somewhere come up here and take me away from? Because I got the blue. These bricks inside walls just don't suit my shoes. Won't somebody somewhere come up here and take me away from? Tired of being alone I just ain't that tough I think I've had enough I just want to go home 
Well, the music and the bright lights And the women and the wine Took all of my money Burned a hole in my mind And now the party's over And the good times are through Well, the last bell ringing Somebody somewhere come up here and take me to Waco. Cause I got the blues. These big city sidewalks just don't suit my shoes. Won't somebody somewhere come up here and take me to Waco? Tired of being alone. Well, I just ain't that tough. I think I've had a little. I just wanna go Charlie Daniels, that's Waco, that's from the new album, uh, Redneck Fiddlin' Man. And once again, Charlie is trying to help some new <laughs> new kid on the block, He's giving a kid a break. Uh, that was, Garth Brooks was nice enough to come and sing harmony on that song with me. And, that's and, good. Uh, I really appreciate it. He, I'll tell you something, he's, he's, he's a good guy. He's, he's a good person. Yeah. And uh, for him to 
to go out of his way to do that. I, I really did appreciate it. Well, you know, he's been stealing your style of dress for so many years. <laughs> yeah. He owed you something. Oh, I don't know about that. You know, Gar's from Oklahoma. They kind of dress that way out yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. He's he's a good guy. There's some good people in this business. Oh, I mean, yeah. there's some yeah. really fine folks. Well, we've said it. I, I'm sure we've said it to you. If we didn't live uh, in Chicago, we'd, we'd be living down in Nashville. Well, y'all just come on down and bring a remote with you. And just yeah. Work. Oh, <laughs> don't oh, tempt in, us. In a New don't York tempt minute. us. Yeah. <laughs> it is a great place, Nashville, especially if you're into the music. It's it's just a great place to, you know. To, well, I say Nashville, Middle Tennessee. I don't actually live in Nashville. Nashville's getting to be big, you know, big town yeah, anymore yeah. with with all the inherent problems with the traffic. And we were mm -hmm. talking off mic while ago about the traffic. We we've got three major interstates that dump right into the city right now mm -hmm. without the benefit of a of a ring <clears throat> road, which they're working on now. But uh, it'll be a few years before you get it done. But everything just dumps right down into Nashville, and boy, you got to kind of you know catch catch can when you mm -hmm. go through there. Mm -hmm. You know, I think about I, I ride through other cities and I know how strange it seemed to me and if we're looking for places to turn like coming in here tonight you know with the bus and we were trying to well is this North Wacker South Wacker or what? <laughs> yeah. we don't quite know but I wonder how people feel when they come to Nashville now because it's it's gotten to be a big town and there's so many choices sure. and so many different ways to go uh, we've got uh, I'm sure you heard my football team <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks to you <laughs> oh I love my Tennessee Titans I love my Tennessee balls we're going to play uh, halftime show at the Tennessee, uh, Alabama. You were just talking about the Roll Tide people. Yeah. They're going to be in, in Knoxville. Uh, well, you better Alabama not show then. your true colors because those oh, yeah. hey, kids. Let me tell you what. I didn't, you know, we, we got, I got a guy in the band from, from Alabama, Charlie Hayward. He's from right down there in the, in the middle of it, down in Holt, Alabama, which is right next to Tuscaloosa. We get along great. I mean, that's, you know, a, a SEC football conference has got to be just the greatest football conference. Well, it in the reminds world. me of back in the 70s, the Ole Miss rivalry. Yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah, oh. Ole Miss. And, uh, you know, the thing about there's so many rivalries in the SEC. There's uh, uh, everybody in Florida. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. There's everybody. The people say, who's your favorite team? Well, Tennessee and whoever's playing Florida. That's my <laughs> two favorite team. You know, but um, but really, I mean, the, the the rivalry is between, you know, so many different teams. It's like it used to be that way with Alabama because yeah. Alabama was such a powerhouse of football, and they will be again. And, of, of course, the uh, Ole Miss and Alabama. Then you got Auburn. In Alabama, mm -hmm. and so you know there's there's a there's a big rivalry going to Vanderbilt and Tennessee. Except uh, Tennessee's always got the upper hand there. They Vanderbilt just can't quite seem to field a, a football team. You know, mm -hmm. been, it's been a long time since they Tennessee. But I remember years ago, back when Alabama. In fact, I think Bear Bryant was still coaching there at the time. One Saturday, lo and behold, lowly Vanderbilt University beat. The mighty Crimson Tide, and nobody, you could have won $10 million on that game. There's no telling what the odds were on it. I mean, if you were, you know, if you were dealing with one of your, your mm -hmm. I, I wonder how many bookies actually went broke because of that football game. I don't know if it, I don't know if it probably hadn't happened in 50 years or something like that, but it's a, it's a great, great uh, well, football conference. You've written songs, uh, and there's a new one on the Redneck Fitland Man album about. Uh, NASCAR and uh -huh. car racing. Have you ever done anything about your love of, of, of yeah. football? And uh, I, yeah, well, I really haven't. You know, I, I, I probably should. Yeah, I probably do it should for that halftime. That. Yeah, I probably should do that. We uh. And where are your bulletproof vests? Well, nah, <laughs> we're going to be in Knoxville. I ain't worried about oh, that. Okay. But, I, we're, you know, the we've done that before. And every time I go over there and perform, it rains. 
every time oh. every time it rains and yeah. every time i go over there and it rains somebody turns around and points at me i mean i can just go to the game <laughs> yeah you know, and points at me. It's so you, brought, you brought the rain yeah. Yeah. so i hope it's real dry over in knoxville this time but it's, it's such a you go over there you got these hundred i think it's 107,000 people mm-hmm. it's the second largest college football stadium in the country mm-hmm. and these people are so into that football team i mean it's everybody's wearing orange and everybody's yeah. you know the stands every time tennessee does something the stands just erupt and it's just a great feeling you know yeah. that's that's what college football all would be about yeah. anyway is that w- w- would that feeling? be your fantasy gig being that? a uh, a sportscaster you know what i don't think i could i, I don't think i could probably follow the game fast enough to you know to to um, to, to call it mm-hmm. but if i was going to do i would if if I had another another uh, profession, I would probably either be playing records or hopefully doing what you folks do, sitting just mm-hmm. just talking, you know, and just uh, conversing with people and communicating with people. I love communications. That's mm-hmm. that's my thing. Well, in fact, you can check out uh, Charlie's Soapbox mm-hmm. at the website. And now Grits Magazine is going to be running here. Yeah, they run. Uh, let's see. I think Grits comes out what once a month or mm-hmm. something like that. And they, uh, Michael Smith uh, chooses one of the soapboxes and puts it in there. Right. And I get quite a bit of feedback from there. Well, I bet you, know, you do. Some people, some people agree. Some people don't. But, you know, that's the great thing about it is let's have some dialogue on yeah. things. And, and let's express ourselves. Let's express our minds. And, and let's have, you know, let's have some dialogue and say how we feel about it things mm-hmm. you, you know if, if 75 percent of the electorate of this country ever went and voted at any one time it would shake the political foundations of this country absolutely you know i mean it would just be amazing uh and uh, uh, we can't get everybody to go out and vote that's yeah. that's it that's the ultimate for expressing yourself yeah. yeah well i gotta tell you though sitting here there are some times when we take calls from people and i think you know i'm not sure i want that person to vote charlie well you yeah. know it's a little scary sometimes <laughs> you know say do us a favor and stay home that well, day you wonder who they're gonna well, you know, yeah. Well, speaking of expressing yourself, uh-huh. you did that beautifully, in my opinion, with The Last Fallen Hero. Thank you. And that's on the album Redneck Fiddler yeah. Man. And that's a song that, um, well, it resulted in some controversy for you pre-4th of July. Yeah. Uh, let me explain what the song's about first. Of all, I wrote it in tribute to the, the people on 9-11. You know, there's people uh, who live among us that I, I feel that we don't, we kind of take for granted until we need them. And then when we need them, they always come running. I'm talking about our, our policemen, our firemen, our people in the emergency services that drive the ambulances and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And the people who wear the uniform of this of this country. And uh, they, I don't think that's ever been proven any more so than it was proven on September 11th last year. We'll never know how many heroes lost their lives. We'll never know how many firemen ran upstairs to grab somebody or how many policemen, uh, you know, did the same thing or how many people stayed in the building too long or what happened on that plane that went down in Pennsylvania or the stories of how many heroes they were in the Pentagon, but we had a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And they were people that deserved to be remembered. Well, this year we were asked to do a Fourth of July show called a Capital Fourth on PBS, and I was deeply honored to be asked to do it because it's a traditional show. It's, this is, I think, 21st year. And when we submitted the songs we wanted to do, uh, the producer said, "You cannot do the Last Fallen Hero song." And I said, well, well, why not? Well, you know, we don't want any songs like that we're having we're in a, we want watermelon and hot dogs and corn on a cob and fireworks and rah rah the flag you know and, and that sort of thing and and uh we don't want any of those kind of songs you know we don't want any sadness or anything like that and, it, and we've been doing this for 20 years and we know what we're doing and i said well you know 
this is not your everyday run-of-the-mill 4th of July. This is the first 4th of July after the tragedy we suffered on 9-11 last year. It's been less than a year. And, you know, you're telling me you're going to do 90 minutes worth of television and you're not going to even mention what's on everybody's mind anyway. How can you look at an American flag braving in the breeze or, or anything that's really, really American and not think about what happened to us last year? I can't. I mean, it stays yeah. on my mind. It's it's, it's right yeah. there all the, all time. the time. And I I said I don't want to be a part of of something that uh, I mean you you got a right to do your TV show any way you want to, but I don't want to be a part of something where I cannot mention the victims of 9/11, or I can't say something about the men and women who served this country in uniform. How would they feel, uh, sir, overseas in harm's way for a country that's too politically correct to even mention the war that they're in. Mm -hmm. And I just rather not be a part of it. Y'all go ahead and do that. And I went down to Atlanta and, you know, played down there. But I just couldn't, you know, everybody has a right to their opinion, but this to me just bordered on to, in my in my opinion, I'm I'm sure a lot of people would differ with that. But this in, in my opinion bordered on almost being un American. Uh, and to want to, I mean, you know, you don't have to take the whole show up. You don't have to show the trade towers going down again. But how can you do an hour and a half of television, not at least say we want to remember the people who lost their lives in the defense of this country, you know, mm -hmm. last year. And that's a long and short of it. And I, I still, you know, it's not a morbid song. It's not a, you know, it's not a mean song. It's not a mean-spirited song. It's uh, it's just a song in tribute to these people. Yeah. And I couldn't see anything wrong with it. Cowards came by morning and attacked without a warning, leaving flames and death and chaos in our streets. And in the middle of this fiery hell, brave heroes fell. In the skies of Pennsylvania, on a plane bound for destruction, with the devil and his angels at the wheel They never reached their target on the ground Brave heroes brought it down This is a righteous cause So without doubt it haunts I will do what my country has to me So the children of tomorrow can be free. Lead on red, white, and blue, and we will follow you until we win the final victory. God help us do our best. 
Now the winds of war are blowing And there's no way of knowing Where this bloody path we're traveling will lead We must follow till the end Or face it all again Make no mistake about it, write it, preach it, talk and shout it, across the mountains and the deserts and the seas. The blood of innocence and shame will not be shed in vain. Charlie Daniels, the last fallen hero. I didn't think a snare drum was ever going to quit. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> and that's on the new album, Redneck Fiddling Man. Yeah. The, the album is terrific, and uh, Charlie is nice enough to uh, spend some time with us after uh, a very busy day, uh, a hectic schedule, and he has uh, uh, a lot of other nights of entertaining that he has to, to get to. But we were talking earlier tonight, uh, speaking of heroes, uh, we got a little surprise for you. Uh, we're talking uh, guitars with Charlie as we uh, we get the chance to do, and you were mentioning you have uh, quite a collection of uh, Les Paul guitars, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh gosh, I got up in the teens. I can't remember. I in got the it, teens, uh huh. <laughs> Some about probably fourteen, fifteen, something like that. Oh gosh. I guess, and and more ordered. I'm ordering more all the time. <laughs> well. Keep some under the bed and water them well. I will do that. Because they will grow. And hope that they hope that, hope that they will blossom, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, don't you guys, you guitar guys, call that a serious case of gas? Guitar, guitar acquisition, acquisition syndrome? syndrome? I had never heard that before. <laughs> okay. But I've got it. Because, <laughs> again, Charlie yeah. looked at me like, oh, no, what happened? I've been wondering what it was bothering me. That's what it is, exactly what it is, definitely. Yeah. Well, Lester, how are you doing tonight? Uh, Johnny, I'm doing great. 
right. Uh, uh, we were talking about you at dinner time tonight. Oh, how sweet. And and Monday night, they we had some guests from Atlanta mm-hmm. that came in, and uh, it was a gal with her husband. In fact, gal. you had our friends Susan Tedeschi and Derek Trucks on the uh, on the show Did with you. Did you know that? Of yes. Oh, Susan yeah. and Derek are friends of ours. The slide player. Yeah, so that little and, and uh, he's with Almond Brothers yeah, band, and right. Susan is the fabulous blues singer. Yeah. They, they 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 come up first. They come in the dressing room, mm-hmm. and uh, she was holding the little baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is Charlie, and uh, I don't know. I guess he's a couple of three months old. Uh, something about something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Someone whispered in my ear that 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 she was a great singer and he was a great great player. Mm-hmm. So I said, "Would you kids like to come up and oh. sing and play?" Sure. <laughs> so just as they, uh, I was ready to go out on the stage. I said, "By the way, bring Charlie with you." Uh-huh. That's the baby. <laughs> so they came up on the stage. He played the guitar, and she sang some fast blues. And and Charlie wasn't there. And so after the first number, I asked if uh, she would mind bringing Charlie up. And so they went out in the audience, and someone was holding Charlie, one mm-hmm. of their other friends. They brought Charlie up on the stage, and while and I asked her if she would sing one song along with Charlie here, mm-hmm. and she sang, and it wasn't a dry eye in the place. She sang "Amazing Grace." Oh, wow. yeah, yeah. And with that baby, and she's so pretty anyway. Yeah. And and they they both looked like they fell off a truck in the Amish country somewhere. That <laughs> 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 they got real healthy rosy cheeks. Yeah, you know. yeah. Yeah, it, Susan is a dear friend and and what a talent. Oh, isn't yeah. she great? She sure is. Less, in fact, uh, at redhotred.com, the website. Where we're, we're looking at a picture from this past Monday night. And there you You're are. Kidding. No, yeah. and there's Susan Whalen, and she's got Charlie in her arms, and there's Derek. Eric Trucks uh, sitting next to her, just grinning from ear to ear. And then this guy, Zach Wilde, was performing on Monday night with you. Yeah. And his picture's up there as well. That was a fiddle player. You guys are ahead of us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, there is a fiddle player up there. there. Les, do you remember who he was on Monday night? Who is the fiddle player, Les? Uh, Christian House. He's very good. Oh, well, he looks like a happy guy. (laughs) Oh, yes, he's uh, he's from Columbus, Ohio. Uh Uh-huh. And he's been coming in there when, whenever he's in, he moved to New York, but he's been in Europe, touring Europe. And so he just got back last night, and they, or Monday night, and they come running in. Hmm. Hey, let's settle the controversy. Are you 87 or 88? 87. Okay. Okay. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) We um, haven't talked to you since CBS Sunday Morning did that wonderful 10-minute piece on you. I didn't see it. Oh, it was terrific, Les. Oh, it was great. But is, is it true that you have guitars all over your bed? 
I guess so. Because <laughs> it sure looked like there was very little room for you with guitars all over the bed. <laughs> well, I'm just one step ahead of the fellow that I was talking to from Atlanta. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, by the way, is Charlie from Atlanta? No, sir. I'm from, uh, well, I'm originally from North Carolina, but I've lived in the Nashville area now for a uh, last no, 35 the years. Charlie, she was holding. Oh, oh, oh no. the Charlie, she was holding. <laughs> There's too I, many Charlies I'm here. not familiar with him. <laughs> no, I think they're actually living down in Atlanta now, because uh, yeah. Susan's from Boston. And she was sitting here in the studio with, with us one night when we mentioned that we know you, and she fell out of the chair, and we said, okay, here's where he's going to be. And then a couple of weeks later, she was in New York, so... You know, yeah, they're just great. And then after the show, we were uh, talking to some people. Uh, I don't know who they were, but I asked where they were from. They said they were from Atlanta. Uh huh. And I says, uh, "What what brings you guys uh, down to the club?" And they said, "Well, we heard you talking on on Steve and Johnny's show." Yep. From Atlanta. Yep. So they were listening to you guys. Now, here's the funny story as we heard it, Les. A friend of ours from Chicago was sitting at the table next to these two guys from Atlanta. And he hears them say, can you believe it? We just turned on the radio one night, and these two people are talking to Les just like he's a regular person. <laughs> <laughs> so our buddy said, I just sat there and bit my tongue and thought, oh, that's just so silly. <laughs> well, Les, we're going to let you get back to your popcorn, but in the not-too-distant future... Uh, look for a uh, an incredibly talented guy with a beard and a big old hat, and that'll be Charlie Daniels. And uh, get him up on the stage, and you'll have some fun. I I will look forward to it, Mr. P Mr. Paul. It's been an honor talking to you. I thank you. Very thank much. you, Charlie. Thank you, Les. Right, Good and night. I enjoy your work very much. Thank you, sir. Love you, Les. Good night. Have fun. Bye bye now. Thanks, Les. Mercy, y'all yeah. got me. Gotcha. You got me. You got me. Absolutely. He's I never thought face. I would ever talk to. I never thought I would ever. Unless he is the sweetest person. Oh, you in can the tell world. that on the, on the oh. telephone. Oh, yeah. you just. I'm going to definitely try to get by. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and try to start making arrangements about that. I think it's yeah. first of next month. Sometime during the first part of next month, we'll oh, be up good. there. But you got to so, promise us, if you do that, you got to call us after the show. I will do it. I will absolutely call you if we, if, I, if I get by there. I will call you. I've got some commitments. I'm I'm hoping I can get you know get by there. In fact, I've got some commitments. I'm gonna have to get out of here. Yeah. And let my driver get down the road, get yeah. some rest. Yeah. You're going to Dallas. Going to Dallas, Texas. Going to Dallas. Yeah, we are indeed. And folks can uh, check out your schedule at uh, charliedaniels.com. And so often we just you know, talk about Charlie, but the, it's CDB as yeah, in Charlie, Charlie Daniels, Daniels band. band. Absolutely. And yeah. you got a great band that's been with you. you forever, and uh, they really showcased beautifully on this album, Redneck Fiddle. Man, you can purchase the album on uh, the website, and that's how you can get the Charlie. I'm bobbing my head right bobbing back heads. at you. <laughs> the bobbing head, Charlie Daniels doll. Well, I want to tell you what it is such a delight to sit here. I've said this so many times. Y'all are the nicest folks in the oh, radio, and, and I, I just thoroughly enjoy being around you. And, and uh, uh, the next time we get a chance, we'll do it again. Okay. Well, we're going to tell and our friend Keith Bilbrey down in Nashville. You yeah. said that. Oh, you know Keith. <laughs> oh, he's our he's best a dear friend. friend of ours. Oh, bless yeah. his heart. He, he's one of the goodest. I, I, last time we played the Opry, me and Keith uh, sat in the dressing room and told Bill Monroe stories. And he's got, I know a few, but he knows <laughs> yeah. a thousand oh, of them. Yeah. Yeah. He's a great guy. He's one of the good ones. I can't wait till he writes the book. He's an absolutely yeah. wonderful guy. Yeah. He sure is that. Well, you too. Charlie, Thank you. We just thanks a million. It is always fun to see you. The pleasure was all mine, and I am honored to be here, and uh, we'll do it again. Be safe. Bye-bye. Right. Charlie Daniels.